You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Today we're, we're from Isaiah 12. Um, so Isaiah 12 says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The word of the Lord. I grabbed this passage of scripture actually from the Advent calendar. It is actually a scripture in the third week of Advent. Uh, But I pulled it out uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we were, David and I were just looking at a lot of the Advent scriptures because we want to to move you a little up the the ladder a bit here. Not not maybe to high church, but maybe mid-church, okay? Uh, We're going to do some Advent uh, celebration, and uh, and we want to just draw you into that. I'm very excited about about doing that. and uh, we were just reading through these scriptures, and this one just grabbed me because twice in here he, he, he says, give thanks, give thanks. And, um, and that's what I'd like for us to do today. Uh, oh, by the way, if you didn't get a copy of a little piece of paper that looks like this, it tells you what all we're doing for Advent uh, through, through the month of December. So uh, grab one if you can on your way out and, uh, and see what we're doing. Um, this passage of Isaiah 12 I, I, is, is just really rich. It's a very, very rich passage. And I think it can speak to us today about a life of, of being thankful, of giving thanks. Um, Thanksgiving sermons, I don't, I don't necessarily like them personally. I, I think sometimes they, they sound more like a scolding. Uh, than they do like an encouragement. Uh, I think, you know, if we try to guilt each other into to giving thanks, and that's sort of how we're trying to motivate each other, uh, I don't think it comes off very well. Um, and uh, sometimes when you read through these passages about giving thanks, that, that's, it can kind of feel that way. But I'm hoping this morning that as I talk to you for a few minutes, that, that you will feel invited all right, you will feel an invitation to come into this place of giving thanks. That it won't be so much that it's, oh, it's the command of God, I have to do it, I have to obey. I mean, we need to obey, and obey is better than sacrifice, right? But today, I, I hope that we can sort of take this and, and sort of spin it a little bit and say, you know what, I, I really do. I feel God calling me. I feel God inviting me in. This isn't an order. You know, this isn't a, a command. This is an invitation for me to come in and, and to experience giving thanks. That this is, this is my, my invite, if you will. And this is what I hope has been happening. I, I know it has for some of you, but I hope it has been for many of you as we've gone through the 21 days of, of fasting. Um, and, and I... 
please understand, I was in agreement with you. I didn't like the idea of 21 days of fasting either, but I felt strongly that we needed to do this. And a number of you have come and talked to either David or myself or both of us, and, and a lot of what you're saying is, you know, this, this fast really hasn't been about the changes that are going on in life, church. It really hasn't been about you know, what, what, what is going on in the, in the bigger picture, so to speak. Really, my fast has been about what God is talking to me about, about my own heart. And what God is doing in me is He's really, He's really drawing me. He's really calling me to Him. And I really feel that. And that's been such a huge blessing for me is to hear people talk about sort of this awareness that there is a call of God, that there is an invitation that is coming from God to draw close to Him. And I hope that you and I are doing that throughout the Advent. I hope that this is going to be one of the marks of Life Church going forward here is that we're all going to be sensing this sort of closeness to God, feeling God drawing us in, feeling God inviting us in, all right? And I, I don't want it to be uh, a holiday, if you will, where we are, we are trying to concentrate on performance and we're trying to say things to God just because we feel like we should or because we know that that's what He expects of us, all right? So that we're not falling into some performance kind of place and we're just doing something when really we don't even maybe necessarily feel it or believe it in our own hearts, and so this has, been, this has been very challenging, this 21 days for me. Um, I, I have really felt like God speaking to my own heart about personal issues way more than I have felt God speak to me about Life Church and the bigger picture of Life Church. And a lot of you have sort of echoed that along the way. And I was really expecting something very different from God in this season I was expecting these 21 days to speak to all of us about Life Church and Life Church going forward and our impact and our mission and our vision and those kinds of things. And that wasn't God at all uh, working, but He was dealing with depths of our heart and, and conditions of our heart. Um, and you know what? That has brought me to a place of, of really sincere gratitude, if you will. I'd like to take you forward from, from this passage then and use this as a springboard here um, and, and talk a little bit about mission. But then I want to move on and talk mostly about our heart as we approach this season of Advent and get us ready for that and get us ready for tonight. Tonight is going to be so much fun. We're going to have so much food. It's going to be crazy. Uh, the only thing that David asked was meat. Could we please have meat? Just lots of meat. Um, <laughs> and we, we will. We will have a ton of meat. We're cooking turkeys for you today. Uh, we're cooking hams for you today. Um, we're cooking mashed potatoes and gravy for you today. Um, and so whatever you bring is just going to be added on to that tonight. Um, and David wrote a, a, a sweet little skit for, uh, for the puppets that our kids are going to enjoy. And we're going to have a couple of games that some of you might get to participate in. But all of that is to, to draw us into this fellowship, to draw us into this sense of family, bring us together uh, as we are approaching Advent, as we are enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday and going in, into Christmas. We very, very much want there to be this sense of joy 
that is in us. That we're not all burnt out, that we're not all consumed, that we're all, not all heavy. Uh, and, but that there is a real sense of joy that is in us. That the Father's care is there and that we're, we're very evident of His care and very evident of His love and, and very evident of His goodness. And all of that is inviting us into this place of being truly thankful. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Um, since as members of, of one body, you were called to peace. And then it says, and be thankful. And that sounds like a command, but I wonder if we can start back at the beginning of the verse and say, okay, he's saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. He's inviting you to accept the peace of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Could we see this, this piece of being thankful the same way? Let yourself be thankful. Be, can you feel the sense of God calling you into that relationship with Him, into that harmony, into that intimacy with Him, so that we can be thankful? And he goes on to say, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. All right, let it, let it be out there in a rich and wonderful way. Let it teach you. Let it admonish you. Let it ad- admonish others through you. Let, let wisdom come to you. These are all invites, folks. These are all moments where God is saying, come in. All right, come in and receive. Come in and partake. All right, come in and enjoy. This whole idea of thanksgiving, if you do a little work in, in, in the Greek, David's been, um, been doing some word study, and it's very much that of the Eucharist. It's very much that of, of with Christ. Being, being thankful is, is, is enjoying the presence of Jesus. And I, I would challenge us that we begin to see this opportunity not as one of a command, but one of an invitation. And so then we start to live differently. We start to live on a different sort of platform, if you will. And that is that we move away from a day of thanksgiving where, you know, which, by the way, a day of Thanksgiving, what, do you, what, what comes to mind? If someone says, okay, fourth Thursday of November, what do you think about? You think about family, because you all get together. You think about food, because you eat a whole lot of it. And most of you, even ladies, will think about football. Because even if you don't like football, you know it's going to be on at your house. You know, so th- those are the three, you know, F's of, of Thanksgiving. Family, food, football. And that, that's where we go, and, and we lose this sense of what I think God is trying to, to, to speak to us in Life Church right now. Not because this week is Thanksgiving, but because we, we entered into this fast, and we entered into this time of, of laying down of ourselves and seeking God, and God is saying, hey, I want to invite you into me. I, I want you coming in to me, and I want your, your gratitude, and I want your thanks, but I want to invite you to bring that out. I want to invite you to, to bring that forth. So we want to move away from this perspective of the world on Thanksgiving, if you will. And so truly, Thanksgiving is for us a, a lifestyle 
It is a living out. So um, there's a, a, a wonderful pastor's wife. Her name is Charlene, and she did a, she did a little uh, in-service or like a little workshop on, on being thankful or, or having gratitude. Um, and uh, I, I read a little bit of her blog. And so she named her, her little workshop, she named it Thanks Living, Learning How to Be Grateful Every Day of Life. And, and the challenge was, is that we do exactly that, all right? Joy is not necessarily a natural thing for us, okay? Some of you, you're just silly joy, all right? You just, that's just the way you live, and it's wonderful. You're just, you're just marvelous until you get annoying, and then we're not joyful anymore, all right? But because you, you're just there all the time. You're just way up there, and it's just great. Ah, that's the way you live. <laughs> and we like to come in and out of that, you know. We, we, we like to enjoy that at, at various times, okay? Some of you, you have no joy. Be honest. Some of you, joy is that elusive thing that's out there that people talk about. It's not tangible in any way to you, and it's out there somewhere. And you know about it, but it's really hard for you to experience it. And some of you got it pretty good. You come, you come in and out of it. You do like the song says, you trade your sorrows, you know, and you, you experience some of the joy of the Lord. But I want to take you on over to, to the New Testament, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'd like for you to look at verse 16 there. It says in verse 16, rejoice always. Rejoice. Have, have some sense of joy in your life. And, and do it always. Now this is where we have to come and understand that rejoicing or having joy isn't always about being happy, okay? It doesn't say be happy. That's a song that some guy did that's kind of goofy, okay? All right? Y'all, you know the, 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 the deal, okay? Well, we're not going to, we're not, that's not where we're landing, all right? It, it, it's not a song we sing. It, it, it's about being really filled with, with joy. So it's about it's not about just birthdays or anniversaries or heading to Disney World or all those kinds of things. It, it really is about knowing God. It really is about Christ-centeredness, all right? Um, and, and I'm not saying this because I think that we're off somewhere and, and we, we need to be way recalibrated here. I'm just saying that, that we need to realize that our circumstances don't have to dictate how we live and feel and respond and, and, and walk through life. And if we are Christians, joy has never been nor never should be dependent on our circumstances. And this is why we read this passage in Isaiah and the prophets talks about, and you will drink from the wells of salvation. You, you, will, you will live in this place where you are constantly being blessed. You are constantly being fed. You're constantly being given the, the nourishment that you need in order that joy can fill your life. 
When we look at this particular passage in Isaiah, and then we go back over in the New Testament, and we start seeing all these different passages where it tells us to rejoice and give thanks and, and all these kinds of things, we need to bring them all together and understand that this big God is giving us a message here. And I want you to get that message because I do believe. Let me talk just a few minutes about mission. I do believe Life Church is on mission. I do believe God has a work for us to do. I do believe that God is growing this church for a purpose. And, and that we, we've all got to be on board. And this text that I start with in Isaiah here today... This text is about perseverance and it's about proclaiming a very God-centered message. Another way to put it is is to say that this text is about how a mission, if you will, can survive and thrive when we are called upon to give and to give and to give. And it's about what a body of people are supposed to be doing When they are giving, when they are on mission, and they do give and give and give. Why why would you, Pastor Bill, focus on like perseverance and 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 mission today when this is about giving thanks and, and rejoicing? Well well, first of all, because one of the ways that I think God calls people to mission is by by showing us what what this calling is all about he gives us this picture if you will and he says that we can thrive on mission he says that we can enjoy it we can we can have it we can persevere in it and here's what you hear in 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 missional churches a lot of time oh man another project another outreach One more thing. Man, there's so many people coming in right now. We don't know what to do with them. How can we take care of all of these people? This is going to suck the life out of me. I'm not going to have enough to give. I don't don't know what we're going to do. and, and, And we start to lose the rejoicing in what God is doing. We start to lose the sense of gratitude and appreciation for the goodness of God. And even when we're reminded of the goodness of God, but look, we're growing. Look, there's more people here. Look, there's more people coming to Jesus. Look, more people are getting baptized. Look, more people are joining the church. And we're going, yeah, but, but it's going to take a toll and it's going to cost us a lot and it's going to mean changes and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we start to lose that sense of gratitude and that sense of, of rejoicing. And he's saying here in Isaiah, look, you will be able to drink of these wells of salvation. You can can stay strong. You can persevere when you stay on this God-centered mission. All right? And I I, I believe that this has a, a profound impact on us when we start to see it right because it changes the way we pray. And we move away from prayers all about us and God, you got to help me and God, I need more and I need strength and, and take care of this and take care of that and what about this and don't let this happen and don't let that to the place of God. God, open the doors. Make a way. Bring people in. Establish your kingdom. Use us, God. When's the last time you... Seriously, I mean, don't, don't answer out, but when's the last time that in your prayer... You, you actually did say that. God, I want you to use me. Just use me up for you. Just, just take me and just pour me out like a drink offering. Mm. That, is a, that is the most challenging prayer for us to pray. 
But, but I, I believe that we can be persevering, which I believe is more than surviving. I believe it's thriving. All right? And I, and I believe that God wants to work in our hearts something even today where we begin to say, you know what? I, I got it. I, I, I'm, I'm down with it because I am God's son. I am God's daughter. I am saved. All right? And this is, this is the beauty of salvation. All right? Paul, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, By grace you have been saved. All right? So, so that's a wonderful thing that's been done by Jesus that you couldn't do for yourself. And that's the beauty of Jesus, and that's the thing we're most grateful for. That's where our greatest gratitude is, is, is springing forth, is this that, that Jesus has done that we can't do for ourselves. And that is to go to the cross and die for our sins. But, but that's not all of it. Paul then goes further in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and he says, Now, to us who are being saved, the cross, the cross of Christ, is the power of God. So not only have you been saved by Jesus on the cross, but you are being saved, and the cross is the power of God in your life. So we have been saved, and we are being saved and this is a present work of God that is going on in our lives. We are, we are growing, we are maturing, we are conforming, we are being more like Jesus. But then you go to Romans chapter 13 verse 11 and it says salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. So we have this work of Christ on the cross. We have this work of Christ that is going on in our lives right now. And we are being saved as we are maturing and growing. But there, this salvation is nearer to us now than before. In other words, it's working. It's ongoing work. We drink from this well of salvation as we serve and as we pour our lives out, we are constantly being renewed. We're constantly being invigorated. We're constantly being fed by the Lord. And so I want to challenge us that we see that these lovely wells of salvation are in our lives all the time. It's not some well that's back there that you started with and all of a sudden it grew dry or went dry. It, it's, it's not some well that's out there somewhere in the, in the far distant future when he comes again and, and suddenly then you'll be, you'll be renewed or revived but right now you live in this horrible parched world. But this is a life of renewal that is constant as we drink from the wells of salvation. And then what he says in this passage then is, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So there, I draw from these wells of salvation. And he says, and then you will say in that day. Then you will say, and this is what we proclaim. Give thanks to the Lord. 
Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. This is what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to start in this place of giving thanks, calling upon His name, and then making known His deeds among the people. Proclaim that His name is exalted. I want very much to, for this Christmas, this, this holiday, this Advent, to be a time of exaltation. To be a time where the name of Jesus is, is revered. It's, it, it's lifted up holy. It, it's, it's unique and set apart. It's wonderful and divine. It's, it's, it's to be revered. It's to be approached in some marvelous, wor- worshipful kind of spirit. All right? And I want us to be able to do that because in our hearts we have drank from those wells. We have received of this and we understand the message that has been given to us. And so we've been invited in to give thanks. We've been invited in to call upon His name. We've been invited in to proclaim, if you will, to make known His deeds. That's where we're missional, is to proclaim these marvelous deeds of Christ and to do it all around us, to do it in our neighborhood, to do it everywhere that God is calling us to go and to be. So back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. This is, your, this is your lifestyle now that you're living. See, it, 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 it moves and, it, and it, it's, not, it's not a command. It is a way of living. And as we are missional and as we are drawing from these wells of salvation, we are to live in this place of rejoicing and, and, and loving God. And this, this joy is not going to be dependent on whatever circumstances hit us or whatever we experience when we are out and about or, or what happens in life church as, as it changes. But we will have this joy because we choose to be joyful and we're able to allow ourselves to praise the Lord, not only in good times, but in uh, not so good times because we are in a lifestyle. The second thing it says in that passage in 1 Thessalonians in verse 17 is to pray without ceasing. All right? So we rejoice always. That means all the time. We pray without ceasing. That means all the time. Okay? And, and it would seem that these two so go together that it's the one way to cultivate this joyful attitude in especially difficult times. But it... Isn't it interesting that before Paul talks about this contentment in Philippians that he talks about, that he says, you don't need to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. All right? So, in prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, he, he, he brings them together. He marries them together, it seems here. And the challenge for you and I is that that, that is a life that we're living. You know, we, we hear people all the time wrestle with this. Well, I can't pray every hour of the day. No, of course you can't. And I don't think that that's what he is asking us. I don't think it means that you need to be on your knees 
But our heart needs to be willing to be in this constant recurring uh, communion, prayer, growing out of this dependence on God. We begin to live and we begin to think and make decisions. And that means that we are indeed lifting our heart to God, whether there's words with it or, 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 or nothing uttered at all. It allows the Holy Spirit's leading in the situations that we encounter in life. And so we begin to live out of the Spirit and not out of our own flesh. And we know that prayer, words, it's not the only way to, to communicate with God. But it is a way. Matter of fact, it's, it's a wonderful component when we talk about spiritual warfare, you know, we, we, the Bible says to pray in the Spirit and to pray in words. Pray out of your spirit. Let your request be made known. You can talk to God about the things you need. We're ne- we're, by no means am I trying to say to you, don't tell God what you need. That's not what I'm saying here today at all. I'm saying live out of a different place positionally as you make your request known to God. Live out of this place or this sense of invitation, all right? Live out of this place of your salvation that is, that is working itself out in your life daily. Live out of this place of this sense of God's presence and God's movement in your life so that as you are encountering life itself, you are very, very aware that God is at work. God is working on your behalf. God is, is doing things and, and moving on your behalf, if you will. And then in verse 18, so he says, he says to rejoice always. In 16, he says to pray without ceasing. In 17, and you get to verse 18, and it says it right there. Give thanks. Give thanks. Again, I don't believe this is just a command. I believe this is God's intent, is that, that we live out of this place in life. And, and I, this challenges me. I, I decided to go back and, and, and look at some of the early church fathers because I think some of the early Christians had this down in, in the difficult and adverse circumstances in which they lived in. And, and the kind of, of uh, persecution that, that, that they uh, experienced. It, it's, it's amazing to me. And uh, let, me, let me just quote a couple of people for you, and, and then we'll, we'll move right along here. But, but listen, this is Polycarp. While he's basically being burned at the stake, he says, Leave me thus. He who strengthens me to endure the flames will also enable me to stand firm at the stake without being fastened with nails. Whoa. Whoa. He could live and drink from the well of salvation in the midst of the flames of literal fire as he's being torched because of his faith. Ignatius of Antioch, he was being devoured by two lions, history tells us, and this is what he was heard to say. May I become agreeable bread to the Lord. Wow. I want you and I living these amazing, flourishing lives that, that when circumstances and situations get into play in our head, 
that we are not living out of those circumstances, but we are living out of the truth of God's Word for each of us. And I understand the battle. I'm going to tell you what. When Paris got hit, I, it was very hard for me to, to, to say, God, I give thanks to you today. Everything in my heart did not want to do that. I did not want to cooperate with that. Because of, of the, the, the tragedy, the reality of the tragedy there. And yet I know it is really important to be thankful. There's, there's, a, there's a danger when we are not thankful. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, I think. It says, For although they knew God, they, they didn't glorify Him as God, nor did they give thanks to Him. But what they did is their thinking became futile and, and, and their foolish hearts, the Bible says, were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, the Bible says, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like humans and birds and animals and reptiles. In other words, they gave themselves over to idolatry. And there's a key component in there. Although they knew God, they knew God, they neither glorified Him, they did not worship Him, and they did not give thanks to Him. There's something very powerful about a place of gratitude, a position of gratitude. And I would ask you that, that you and I, that, that we, would, we would learn lessons from all of this and that we would ask God, before we go forward, that we would ask God to, to forgive us for the times that we've ignored Him in our lives and that we've not lived in that place of gratitude and, and that we would ask Him to help us to make giving thanks a habit, to, to, to be a real part, to, to, to feel invited in to, to, to give thanks and that you and I don't wait for a special occasion but that that just as God has been speaking to our hearts to give thanks, to draw close to Him, inviting us in, that we make this entrance a daily practice. And that we are living out of this place. So, so we are starting then, if you will, we are starting uh, thanks living. And, and we're, we're living as, as though we understand more of what God has done for us. He is good. His mercy is everlasting. All right? There's, 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 there's wonderful things to help us as we receive this invitation. So that in everything we give thanks for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. According to verse 18. So draw from the wells of salvation. Drink of the Lord. The last thing I want for you and I as the people of Life Church on mission for God is to get burnt out or fried or depleted or exhausted in some way where we feel as though there is nothing to be grateful for, there is nothing to be thankful for. So I'm asking you and I that we encourage one another but that we are truly living out of this place where where we are willing to give, if, if necessary, the sacrifice of praise, if you will. Let, let me leave you with, with one thought. I, 
I was, I asked so many people about, about their, if they have gratitude, is gratitude easy for them? And a lot of you gave me a, a lot of, uh, 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 just a, a variety of, of answers. And, and it never failed that, that about every second or third one of you gave me a book to read. Uh, you should read this book. This is a great book about giving thanks and, and about being, being grateful. And, uh, and uh, I, I want to I read something to you that, that I found on, on the internet. Doctors say giving thanks, taking the time to notice positive things in your life is not only good for your psyche, but it's good for your body. University of California at Davis researchers found that practicing gratitude can lower your blood pressure and make you feel less hostile. Right. So when your spouse is a little bit antagonistic, you know where to go, all right? Less hostile. Grateful people are less angry, less negative, and usually look for the cup half full. Studies by Cornell University researchers have shown that those who are thankful appear to have lower risk of developing phobias, alcoholism, and even depression. They even have stronger immune systems. Folks, with joy... You will draw from the wells of salvation. And you will say on that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the nations. Proclaim His name is exalted. And live well. Live well. Flourish. Flourish in this place of gratitude. Flourish in this place of thanksgiving with God. So let us, let us make that commitment, can we? That today we're going to enter in. As salvation is working itself in our lives and as we are growing closer to God and as we're conforming to the image of Christ and being more like Him, as we're, as we're being discipled and maturing and as we're accepting the mandate of the mission of God for Life Church, as we're going out and sharing the gospel with others, let us understand that we've been invited in to drink from these very deep wells of salvation. And there, let us position ourselves to be a people who give thanks. Amen? Amen. God bless you. All right, it's time for the gospel. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Um, As Pastor Bill said, it's very clear that um, a lot of us have a lot of circumstances to be thankful for. Um, But a lot of us have circumstances that we feel like we can't be thankful for. Um, But God doesn't call us to be thankful for our circumstances. He calls us to be thankful in our circumstances, just as Pastor Bill said, for the salvation that we have, those wells of salvation, um, which come only through Jesus Christ. Um, And, you know, the the things of this world are real, the the evil and the, the separation from God that we have, the sin that has entered our world is real. Um... But God didn't leave us there. He sent his son, Jesus, to take our punishment and to, to reverse that separation, um, to give us a way to get back to him. And so Jesus came and he died for us, taking our punishment, um, and didn't stay dead, didn't just stay there, um, but rose again. And so in that, invited us into him, invited us to be part of his presence, and invited us to give thanks for that, uh, that salvation that he gives us. Um, this might be the first time that you're hearing this, or that it might be clicking for you. Um, And so if that's the case for you, I'd invite you to come and 
um, talk to somebody on our prayer team or pray with them. We're going to have the prayer team come up right now. Um, But you also might be in a place where, like me, you've heard this story many times, and it hit me recently um, that sometimes I feel like because I'm so familiar with it, it doesn't seem so real. Um, But I think that's a place where we need to to remember that the the pain and the, the sin is real, and yet the salvation is real. Um, and so not only were we saved, we are being saved, and we look forward to his return someday. Um, and so if you're in that place as well, um, I'd also invite you to come for prayer or to talk to someone or to talk to someone around you. Um, as the prayer team is coming up then, I'll pray for us, and then you are dismissed. God, we thank you, and we love you. You didn't have to provide a way for us back to you. You didn't have to rescue us, but we thank you for this salvation And I pray that you would make us more thankful people and more aware of what you've done for us, um, especially in this week where the world will tell us to be thankful for certain things. uh, But we know our, our salvation is the main thing that you have given us. In your holy name, amen.